Hello, welcome to our Talent Matters podcast. This uh, is a podcast where we cover all sorts of things, but mostly around recruitment, talent, business, uh, recruitment agencies, candidates, uh, and the occasional random tangent uh, as well thrown in there for uh, for good measure. I'm Dave Jenkins, CEO and founder of Wave. So today, uh, very excited, very much looking forward to this podcast. We've got uh, Mitch Sullivan uh, with us today. And Mitch is a, I'm not sure which which way round to, to put this, Mitch, but um, I've, I've written LinkedIn legend and then copywriting guru um, sure. next. Do, do you want to be the copywriting guru f- that's the LinkedIn legend or the LinkedIn yeah, legend? Yeah, I'm not I'm a big fan guru. of either of those words, actually. Um, yeah, look, that's, I, a, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, they're hyperbolic by nature, both of them. Um, and all the legend part means is that I've 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 been omnipresent on LinkedIn for about 11, 12 years. Um, so I've become part of the furniture, I, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, I look, I've I've I still do. I'm still seen to be doing little bits of recruitment now and again. I run ad campaigns that I work on for other clients. Um, but yeah, most of my time these days is spent with the copywriting business. So I suppose officially I'm a trainer stroke e-commerce business owner because that's what I'm having to learn to become now, actually, um, yes. since, since we since we took it online. So, yeah. So we'll add that into the mix. I still think LinkedIn legend. I, I'm still going to give you keep you the status of a legend in this in in, in all of this. Um, but we'll add um, e-commerce and trainer legend to that um, to that mix. And of course, author as well um, of um, on recruitment. If you if anyone is if uh, well, hopefully someone's listening or, or watching this. Um, but. If you haven't read this book uh, and you're in the, the world of recruitment, then I strongly recommend that you do it. I read it and absolutely loved it. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's it's an easy read um, and it is uh, educational, insightful. I just thought it was um, what is great. So um, just sure. just the right amount of swearing as well, Dave. Yeah, perfect amount of swearing. Um, so um, yeah, that 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 keeps it light. So yeah, no, really. Um, Really um, glad to have you on, Mitch. Um, how are you doing? How is yeah, life treating good. you at the minute? I, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I, it's the same answer every time someone says to me for years. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I don't think I'm going in, I'm plateauing, actually. I think I'm at that stage in my career now where I'm, I'm kind of levelling out. So um, it's just about doing stuff rather than um, getting better at stuff, actually, for a lot, a lot of it. Yeah. Harnessing the, harnessing the, uh, um, the expertise. Just pushing yeah. it up. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Very much. So. so let's let's get let's get stuck into it. Um, you are um, a uh, you've got your ear to the ground um, within within recruitment. Obviously, with a lot of, with the training that you're that you're doing, you're you're coming across a lot of uh, businesses, people, companies. What's what's the kind of the word on the on the street or what what's the general temperature out there recruitment wise we know it's busy we know it's busy because mm. the market you know reports it but but what are people saying feeling out there okay uh it's a massive question um i'm only going to unpack some of that i think um I, look a lot of my focus tends to be on recruitment marketing yeah i tend to see a lot of recruitment through that lens you know, um, which is probably understandable. 
Um, so, you know, the world recruitment is massive. You know, contract and temp recruitment, I, I only have notional academic understanding of. I've never done it, never worked with people who've done it or managed them rather. Um, you know, and that's 80% of the, of the industry, isn't it? I think probably in terms of revenue. Yeah. Um, not, not profit, obviously. Um, so what, what I see and what I have seen, which I find encouraging is um, there's lots of interesting voices in recruitment. Um, and it's fun watching younger people, you know, posting stuff that you really like. Um, I think, and, and I think that's a result of people starting to take marketing more seriously. Um, I think there's a lot of other people on LinkedIn who've been influential, not in recruitment, but who just put out good content, good ads, good visuals. Um, so, and, and I'm, not, I'm not just basing that on the numbers that I'm experiencing going through my, my program. Um, it's just seeing other little businesses pop up that specialize in recruitment marketing, um, you know, co copywriting being taken more seriously. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm coming from that perspective. I'm encouraged. Um, I think the rest of it is, is always down to the economy generally, isn't it? Or, or, or whatever, whatever's going on in a particular sector. I mean, te technology broadly seems to be, seems to be recession proof um yeah so it, well, yeah it, it's um I, I think we are heading for some tough times I, I just just think it's inevitable given that everything that's happened and the kind of growth that a lot of companies have you know when, when, when I saw how busy companies were through those various lockdown periods I didn't quite understand it I thought why are you growing so quickly now um it just went a bit crazy didn't it just yeah sort of... it felt a bit artificial to me so so it retracting now it's probably shouldn't come as a big surprise yeah um, one of the things that i really liked again you know and it's something that you've talked about in your book is you know the copy is almost the first insight into the brand of the agency and i think that was that that's quite i think that that's that's quite insightful that, you know, how the how you write the ad, how the ad that goes out is, um, you know, kind of shows the the brand of the agency and, and an agency's brand during lockdown, I think, was more important than ever. Do you think? No, not exactly. Not entirely. Um, <laughs> I. I... I've, I've been criticised for what I'm about to say a few times in the past, but I, I just don't think any agency has a brand. And I'm defining a brand loosely as what somebody thinks or feels or associates with that name whenever it comes up. Yeah. yeah? Um, individuals are interesting. And this is the great thing about social media. Now it's given a lot of power back to the individual. So there's lots of individuals that I think will evoke that. You know, if there's, I'm not going to mention names on here, but there's certain names that I'm sure that when people hear them, they associate them with something or other or a certain kind of value or approach or way of thinking yeah. or style. Yeah. But agencies, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm, I've, I've, I've not, no one's yet given me a name that I've gone and looked at. Thought, oh, yeah, okay, fair point. There will probably be some, but but I think it's literally a handful. So, and I think when I see agencies chasing branding and spending money in that direction, I, I honestly, I think a lot of it is a waste of time. I mean, you've got to look good, obviously, and things got to be coordinated visually, you know. Um, 
So technically, you know, your color schemes, your fonts, the, you know, all the stuff's got to, you've got to do that if you're, going to, if you're going to appear professional. But to get back to your comment about advertising, um, job advertising in particular, I, I'm, I, I'm guessing that you're referring to. Look, for me, there is no argument here. <laughs> job advertising is the, where, where the marketing rubber hits the road. Yeah, it's, it's the most measurable. It's the most instant. The feedback can be quite varied, yeah, both good and bad. Um, and I think the easiest or most effective way of an agency building as a brand is to be remembered for putting out good ads. Yeah, really. yeah. That now, was that. That was that was the kind of point I was I was getting to. I, I, I agree massively with the, the the rise of a personal brand. I think that's yeah. really. Um, really important so based on what you just said and we get it a lot at wave you know job boards are, are um are our are our thing um and it's nearly always the the easiest way to improve the results that you that an agency is getting from the from from their job boards um by looking at what they're actually putting out you know, and I'm not going to I know we're not going to get too into the mechanics of, you know, how to write the perfect ad and all that sort of stuff. But um, why is it? And this is maybe a question for me as much as you. And I don't know the answer. Why is it that we're still struggling in some areas to convince people to put out or spend more time on the quality of their ads? Because, as you said, it's the number almost the number one most measurable thing. Yeah, it is. Why, Look, still, why are people still putting out okay. copy and paste job descriptions when it's free? It's free to change it. Sure. Okay. In, in, in a sense. All right. Look, I've, I've got a theory on that and I've thought it through as I do most of my theories. Um, but, you know, I'm open to it being wrong or wrong in parts. Um, but before I do that, firstly, I think logistically it's not feasible for any recruiter to be the in house, be they in house or agency to produce a really good ad for every job they work on. But I, I think they can produce a more effective ad for every job that they work on. Um, so a lot will cut and paste a JD or will rely very heavily on the JD when constructing their ad. Because obviously if they're an agency, they're trying to depersonalize it as, as, as uh, anonymize it, sorry, as, as much as possible. Um, so I, I, I think there's a number of things at play. Um, I think that it can be incredibly busy. They don't know any better. They've been told to do it that way. So it becomes a function of admin rather than a function of marketing, which, which, which to me is a tragedy, really. If marketing ever finds its way in admin, you, you know you're in trouble, really. <laughs> um, so, so um, but, but I, I think it's just become a little bit baked in. And, I, and here's my theory. I, I think when... Job boards started to really take root, which was, you'll know this better than me, but I'm guessing around the mid 2000s, when, when, when they started becoming the de facto way of advertising jobs, early 2000s, probably. Often. Actually, I, I think probably a bit later okay. than that, I think. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're in that decade, aren't we? It's um... okay. So, so and, and I think what happened then is, is because I, I, I think. Everyone already had email. Now people could find jobs really quickly, um, which, which is a massive time saver. Um, they could re react to them straight away. 
and, and, and send their CV instantly. And I think for a few years, that was incredibly popular. And I think advertising worked really, really well back in those days, even though the ads were no different to, to the ads now. They were still rubbish, but people didn't mind because they were still getting, getting accustomed to the novelty factor. And, you know, they would join the dots up themselves and try, you know. Um, because at that point, we were, we were used so, to So, to, so just to finish off, it, 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 just, it just got passed down. As this is what we do. It seems to work. And because... Because the climate or the environment has changed ever so incre incre incrementally over the last 15, 20 years, they haven't really noticed. Um, mm. So I just think it's become habit for me. Sorry to interrupt, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, no, I interrupted you. Um, so sorry for that. But I guess it's the, because um, prior to that, it was the press days, wasn't it? And it was, you, you, you would never, or companies, I mean, they did, but, Typically, you would never put out the type of ads that were going out on job boards into the the, the, the local or national press because it was well, you, you, you spent a week you spent yeah. a week to craft it and you had to wait for the for the yeah. deadline. Whereas your point is really interesting because at the time, then then speed became a thing, didn't it? Because you could have an ad and you could put it out and it would be published within minutes. Whereas we were used to waiting a week yeah. um, and you could get response in minutes. And again, we were used to waiting two weeks. And yeah. so, yeah, people didn't care about the quality because it was almost like a, um, like a, a like a, 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 a fax or a telegram or something that's just not crafted. It's just basic yeah. out there sort of. Um, yeah. And look, at, at the same time, around about that same era, uh, agencies were changing significantly. They were becoming a lot more um, vertical rather than horizontal. I mean, I, I was a horizontal recruiter, you know, back in the day when I was doing contingency. I was just doing sales and I was doing sales in a certain geographical area. Um, you know, once the Internet took hold, job boards took hold, suddenly agencies were going much nichier. Yeah. So um, and they could now service much wider geographical areas um, mm. because I think, that, you know, at some point, I think in the 90s or the late 90s, legislation was changed whereby you didn't have to meet any candidate that you then sent out on an interview. But that used to be law for agencies back when I came into the industry. So all those things kind of coalesced to, to, to kind of contribute to, you know, probably you know, I, I, from what I can remember, 2005 through 2000. 10 it was, were boom years in recruitment yes everything works yeah. and everyone yeah. was happy and then gradually people <laughs> become a little bit less happy as time goes on <laughs> were they happy or do we just look back and think they were happier then because um we you know we put on well, nostalgia well, I think we know more now we? because you know since social media has taken hold um everyone's sharing their opinions me me amongst them um um you know, I've often been criticised for not defending my industry or for, you know, picking holes in it. But, you know, if the holes are there, I'm, I'm going to pick at them. But it, it, it's nobody talked about recruiters back in 2005. People weren't interacting, you know, um, as they are, anything like the levels they are now. So, you know, I don't remember anyone giving us a hard time for being recruiters back in the first seven, eight years I was in the industry. Um I, I just yeah, I just think the climate platforms didn't didn't exist for um, for everyone to to yeah, lump in with their uh, opinions because we had to meet candidates. They had to come into our offices um, 
and we had to have them on file. Um, it, it's, you know, things change when you meet people. Mm. You know? They always do. And that, that's one of the things I've learned about using social media, be it Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, I, you know, I've been interacting on the internet since 2001, 2002. So I've, I've been doing this shit a long time. Um, but, and you can get into disagreements with people and you, know, you can even make enemies online. But one of the things I've noticed is people that I thought I would dislike, once I meet them in real life, I, you tend to like them because yeah. most people are likable on some level. Um, and we had to meet candidates. And I think that, that created a, 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 a greater warmth because so, so, it creates that connection, right? You know, yeah, and it, it's it's no longer the keyboard, you know, the keyboard warrior of um, you know, a, a strange, um, you know, unknown alias or whatever. Yeah. So so you know, it, it, it's so I think that's changed how jobs are sold now as well. I think you know you know, back when I came into the industry, everything started from the phone. Every client interaction, every candidate interaction, all started from a phone. Now everything starts from a keyboard, literally. Yeah. It all starts from a keyboard. So I think people need to get better at writing, whether it's through people like me or just something more general. But but yeah, and there's plenty of there's plenty of resources out there for them to so get better. Do you think then, you know, we sort of talked about marketing, you know, before. Um and historically recruitment and recruiters have have you know been on the sales side of 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 the spectrum um yeah. and you know their strengths you know tend to be in relationship building verbal communication and you know, like i said meeting you know as you said baked in you yeah. would meet the candidate you meet the client you know and you build those relationships verbally or in person whereas now a lot of it starts from the from the keyboard so do you think that consultants recruiters need to be more marketing now and less sales or do you just think they need to be there needs to be a a, a, a whole new kind of skill set so it's not just a case of you know marketing sales it's got to be a hybrid yeah but that's another big question um we're all about uh, the big questions on this podcast <laughs> mitch we're really? putting the world to right clearly clearly um, <laughs> I think I think agencies have always had an ambiguous relationship with sales. They often get criticised for being too salesy, but but for me that just that's that that's just proof they're not very good at it. But the problem is with particularly with contingency recruitment, you haven't really got anything to sell. There's nothing tangible there that you're selling. All you're selling is a is a promise. And statistically, if you're a permanent recruiter, you're only going to deliver on that promise one in five times. Now, over a period of time, some of that will replicate with other clients and, and out of this, you know, they'll, they'll get to develop two or three regular clients, but the wastage factor is high. Um, so, they, so, you know, a lot of the dissatisfaction with sales is because recruiters, yeah, aren't, aren't, they're not really selling anything, which is why I'm a big fan of retain, because then you've got something tangible to sell, even if it's just a process. You know, yeah. here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. And here's why it benefits you. Yeah. But you can't do that on contingency because 80% of the time it's not going to come off. Um, so, so, but they, the, the other thing about selling in our profession is, again, it's, it's what I would call selling lights. I mean, a job ad, for example, you can't sell a job in a job ad. All you can do is, is sell the idea that it's worth finding out more about. 
Yeah, it's it's a lead generator, a job ad. It, 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 it's a lead generator. Um, so, so that has to be acknowledged and recognized. The real selling starts once you start talking to people. Um, but even then, I'd argue that you can only take the selling thing so far because ultimately two other human beings have got to walk into a room and like each other and form a contract. There's not much we as recruiters can do to influence either of them to, to make that a positive outcome. So it's out of our control anyway. So I, you know, I, I, I think we're more in the promotion business than we are the selling business, if I was yeah. going to be really pedantic. But, but yeah, there has to be a relationship between, between um, sales and marketing for sure and, and some sensitivity to both. But they don't, recruiters don't need to be brilliant either. They just need to be competent at both. Yeah, yeah. And I think the point about the two people, you know, sort of introducing the two people um, is, is really valid because I often think about, you know, both of those are moving parts all the time. You know, you're not selling a, a product like a car that yeah. doesn't change, you know, when you're, it, you're selling that opportunity between, you know, the candidate and the employer both are liable to change in an instant and irrationally. Um, so it's tough, you know. Even more so when they haven't put any money up front, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's that's a huge thing. And again, you know, going back to your going back to your book, it's it's one of the things whenever we get anyone join at Wave who haven't hasn't come from the industry, you know, I refer them back to to your book because I think it um it sort of paints that, that out, you know, paints that picture that, that this is a tough industry. This is a tough yeah. industry. And so, you know, when we're working with clients to try and get them, you know, more candidates or, um, you know, better candidates, we, we understand the, the, the pressure and the, and that's why I guess, you know, going back to the copywriting side of things that it's the number one thing that you can do to influence the, the outcome from, yeah. you know, and and, 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 it's, and and this will surprise some people, but it, it's you don't need to be a good writer to be an effective copywriter. Um, and the, the 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 biggest problem, actually, based on I've done now hundreds and hundreds of one to one coaching sessions with recruiters from all over the world over the last two years since we took the training online. Um, and the biggest single mistake they make when they write their first ad after they've done the training. So, so they do the pre-recorded training online, takes about three hours, which they can do over several weeks. They then write an ad, send it to me, either they'll make notes on that around the, the key learning points, and then we'll have the, the session. The biggest mistake most of them make is not the quality of their writing. A lot of them are pretty decent writers. Um, once, particularly once you give them permission to sort of write conversationally, because they always think they've got to write in a sort of a, a job specy tone of voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, is the structure. It's the structure of the content. Um, and they're, 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 yeah, and I, I don't want to get into the detail of that, but if, if you just structure the content, there's, there's a certain logical way to structuring content that's based around what the reader most wants. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that brings us back to sales because that's all selling is, is finding out what people want and seeing if you are able to give it to them. So, yeah, and um, yeah, don't get into it um, because anyone that's uh, watching and listening, if they're um, if they want to get into it, then they can look you up and um, sign up to your course. So um, yeah. just um, leave that little um, bait out there for for, for definite. Um, so 
I think we've covered, you know, around um, sales, marketing, and what what they what recruiters could be doing. But is there anything from from a marketing is there anything that they you would suggest right now outside of that that recruiters should be looking or being aware of? You know, we're thinking about. You said there might be a feel like there may be a bit of a slowdown coming. Is that what should they be, in your opinion, what should they be thinking okay. about? There's okay. about eight questions in yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of waffles. So pick whatever question you want okay. to answer, Richard. <laughs> okay. Um the, the recruitment landscape is very varied. You know, recruiters that work in contract hospitality staff are quite different people to recruiters that fill senior data science management jobs, for example, yeah, or, or yeah, or, or finance roles. Um, so, you know, the temperature, the cultures, lots of little subcultures within the world of recruitment. But what I'm about to say, I'm speaking predominantly to perm recruiters, particularly those that work as specialist niche. Um, I think given what job boards are doing and haven't done, and namely, they put the prices up by what three, fourfold recently. Yeah, which beggars belief. Um, I, I, I haven't even looked into how they've sold that, or even if they've tried to sell that, or rationalise it, or defend it. Um, but also, the, the the technology's never really moved on that much. Um, there's so much more you can do now with with online content to engage people, um, and it's it's all become quite old hat actually. Um, but I think the one, the things that that I'm most surprised by that recruiters don't seem to be doing anymore is one is is they're not they don't seem to be carrying any kind of proprietary database. So you know, and I, I so so what I mean by that is is collecting information on people that work within their sector, yeah, and and get them into a CRM and manage the information and keep it clean and keep in touch with people. Obviously give people the option to opt out. Um, Cause there, that must be, there must be lots and lots of candidates that recruiters have bumped into in the past that then go out and source from coal two years later. We get um, it. We get it. Our clients say that all the time, you know, that, that all the time that the candidates were already on the database um, and they've gone and spent an ad or whatever. And um, yeah. So, so, I mean, that, that for me, you know, and the, and, and the other thing that I think they are doing, but, but I think they should pay a lot more attention to is, is, is building their audience on places like LinkedIn, yeah? Um, because the, the stronger that gets, the less reliant they will be on job boards. Yeah. Um, because, but that well, comes back, let me just interrupt you. That comes back to what we were saying earlier then about the brand. Right. So if they're building their audience on LinkedIn, that's the agency brand, isn't it? Well, I, I, I'm talking about individual recruiters here, not the agency. Touche. Um, so, um, yeah. And you know, how, how, how they get people to want to join their network and consume their content, that, that's another discussion. Um, but, you know, the better they can be at doing that and building up people that they can get instant access to who do the types of jobs that they need to fill um, and presuming that they can articulate reasons why that potential candidate might be interested in that job in writing, then they, they, they should become fairly self-sufficient or bet more self-sufficient than they probably are now. Because um, being beholden to job boards or other external sites 
is this yeah it, it, it uh, yeah it can become a little bit onerous um yeah so especially with a price increase as well because it, it, that then directly impacts your ability to recruit if uh, those those prices have gone up or not your ability to recruit the profitability of your sure. of your you know yeah and and you know you you get this sort of balance where you know certain jobs are you know like the 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 contract hospitality scenario I paint I, I referred to earlier you know most of the skill there in filling those jobs is in distribution it's not in content creation yeah um but the, the more niche you go the, the more that reverses it's less about distribution it's more about getting the content right because your distribution channel is quite narrow by comparison yeah yeah, yeah. and what about you know just cost of living it's 100 pound to fill up your car now if you uh, have a car um is that gonna is this gonna have an impact it's gonna impact people when they want to go to you know less people wanting to go to the office more people want to stay at home will recruitment slow down or offices going to close you know people i mean judging by the amount of traffic that was on the road this morning the idea that everyone's working from home is a myth i don't know where they're all going um you know back to the office but what do you see all this playing out big question again yeah I'm, and i'm not a futurist <laughs> yeah i can just about no, work out what, what's happening tomorrow um it depends how long it goes on obviously the russia thing is is is, is, is a big driver of that petrol price hike um you know how soon can we find alternative sources at the right price it's, it's going to take time um it's going to affect um, logistics, distribution of resources, food, blah, 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 blah. But the work from home thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot at play there. There's a lot at play. Um, things things are going to change. They're probably going to change slowly. Um, and recruitment at some point will take a hit. Or certain parts of the industry, bigger parts of the industry will, will take a hit. Mm. Um, because companies will be laying people off there'll be more candidates than there are jobs uh, and then that will that will be then the next can of worms that we need to open it's just swing back the other way isn't it it's going to swing back. yeah how far it swings back i don't know that, that like i said that there are certain sectors that are seem to be immune from recessions um particularly those around tech um but we'll see we'll see mitch the good news is um without uh, you and I are not futurists so actually we can we can offer our opinion and if it's completely wrong then we can't be held accountable to it because we've yeah. the, the disclaimer at the front is we're not futurists this is just what we think so yeah. um yeah put a caveat out at the beginning of the podcast yeah. you ignore some of this advice yeah yeah exactly advice at your peril so Mitch we're um we're out of time that has just absolutely flown by and we've had some big Big questions, some big answers. Um, but as you said, you right at the start, I could probably discuss some of these things all day because there, um, you know, there's so many parts to it. But um, that was that was great. I um, I loved uh, loved that. And uh, to, uh, to to chuck out a, a cliche, how was that for you? Yeah, all good, all good. It did, it did go quickly. Um, um, and it's good because you have to think on your feet because I had no idea what you're going to ask me. So um, it's always a bit more fun doing it this way. Anyway. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Keep the keep the scripts out of it. So um, good. Where can people, where do they need to go if they've heard what you've said and they think I need 
a bit of Mitch in my life? Where do they need to go to find out more? Um, right, well, I, I, I pretty much live on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. I, I, I accept all connection requests from recruiters or people that work in the recruitment industry um, or even HR sometimes. Um, so yeah, um, my, my website is copywritingforrecruiters.com if people are curious to want to go and have a look there. I've got a new website coming in a few weeks that I've been working on forever. So I'm looking forward to that happening. So yeah, it was good. Thank you. We must do this again sometime. Absolutely, absolutely. Mitch, thank you um, to anyone and everyone, whoever is listening. Um, please do comment, share, like, let us know what you liked, let us know what you didn't like, and we'll try and do more of what uh, what you like and less of what you don't. Um, but hope you enjoyed this and uh, come back soon. We'll be doing more of these. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.